Hello and welcome to The Aside, a podcast for drama teachers and students. I'm Nick Waxman and today we are going to be giving you one of 50 Mama interviews. These interviews have been conducted by Drama Victoria over the last two years to celebrate their 50th birthday. These 50 interviews are 50 conversations with 50 legends of the Victoria drama teaching game. So sit back, relax and enjoy a slightly longer than usual version of The Aside. Please note that the audio quality varies depending on where the interview was recorded. Okay, so here we are with Kate Donnellan, one of our Mama interviews, interview number 11. Thank you so much for coming in. Um, We would like to start with how, when and why you became involved in drama education. Sure. Well, I did my university degree at Melbourne Melbourne University in the late 60s -hmm. and I did an honours English degree, but it was very literary drama. You know, I love drama, but it was very literary. So I supplemented that with lots of student theatre and then because of the anti-Vietnam peace movement, etc., I got involved in political theatre and then because of the times, there was also the burgeoning Carlton Carlton sort of community theatre La Mama and APG and Pram Factory Pram Factory, APG Australian Performing Group, no that's right and I was just on the fringe of that I did some work at La Mama and so it was a time of great excitement for theatre and you know I directed and wrote and performed probably fairly badly but (laughs) I had a great time so at the end of the honours degree me and a group who'd been making theatre around the place said what are we going to do next oh well better do a dip ed that will prolong things and um, Melbourne Uni was absolutely known as being moribund for dip ed was just you know, tedious beyond belief. So we went over to La Trobe University, which was a new university then, to a very progressive um, dip ed, and where we could basically just create our own course. So what we did, someone somehow had read this book called Development Through Drama by Brian Way, which was written in 1969. By then it was 1970 or 71, and invited him over to give us some workshops at La Trobe from England, and he came. <laughs> so, so we had the best time in... I mean, it was very much then the start of... Uh, drama is personal development, social development, and he was, you know, drawing this line between. It's not. It's not uh, theatre training. It's not actor training. It's to develop, you know, through the embodied, participatory. You know, you can experience the world from another point of view. Um, I think he starts the book. I haven't got my old copy. I couldn't find it, but I've still got it somewhere. Um, he starts the book with. Um, you know, to really understand, to begin to understand the experience of a blind person. Um, you know, you can think about it in your head, but what if, you know, you close your eyes and you imagine the perspective of a, you know, someone who is blind, etc. So it was sort of the idea of taking on the role, stepping into the experience of someone else. And we were blown away and we had such a good time. It's so interesting because yeah. I just did the workshop at Drama Australia with Patrice Baldwin on the mirror neurons. Yeah. And it's like, you know, everything 
old is new again. Everything old is new again, <laughs> absolutely. And that's right. And we just tried some of these ideas on our teaching rounds. This radical school de-schooling movement was just starting. Everyone let us do it. And then I was sent to, you know, Bairnsdale, my best friend, to Birchip. And I was on my own. And it was the most um, hostile environment to be a drama teacher. But I... I'll talk great about training rounds. <laughs> oh yes, I'll talk about that later as one of my lows, but my <laughs> great opportunity. And then I just thought I need more training, so I went to England, and it was either for drama education in education at that time. It was either you went up to Newcastle to Dorothy Hethcote, or you went to Birmingham to Peter Slade. And I went to Birmingham because um, it was a bit warmer. You know, I thought Newcastle would be too cold. <laughs> my husband also got a job there and did his course. And so I had talked more about that, but that was a one-year course very much in the sort of slum schools of Birmingham. And I taught um, in England for a couple of years and, you know, then I came back. So that's how I got into drama wow. education. So that was... Yeah, and so what year had you finished the debate? Yeah, uh, 71. So, 72. 71. 71, then I taught for a year in the country in 1972 in Bairnsdale, and then 1903 and 4 travelled and taught in England, etc. Came back in 1975, and it was all starting to happen here. Mm. Yeah. Cool. Um, so the changes that you've witnessed over the many years that you've been involved in drama education in yeah. terms of curriculum? Yeah. Well, look, the most obvious one is that there was no curriculum at all. <laughs> there was no authorised... Um, there was no... Um, yeah, schools, teachers... There was actual hostility in a lot of schools still to drama at all when I started. By 75, there was, oh, yeah, sure, do it, but you write your own your own, own sort of curriculum year by year. I got into a school, East Doncaster High, which was just a new school, so each year um, we'd write the curriculum for that year till there was a whole school curriculum. And we just, we just networked and shared ideas with those around the region. There was absolutely no man mandating or, you know, authority of a you know, a VCAA or anything like that, education department. It was a subject which was evolving and what a change through to... Um, oh, you could also do it sort of as a Year 12 subject, but it was an alternative pathway. Mm. So now to have, um, well, such major changes, um, secondary, you know, Year 7 to 10 and then VCE, 11 and 12, Drama and Theatre Studies... Um, but then to get drama as part a compulsory part of the arts curriculum um, and all the work that went into that and but the arts being there and drama one of the the key areas I think has just has been extraordinary so the landscape has just transformed in mm -hmm. Australia completely um, and the number of um, really incredibly well-trained young people coming now through great experiences at school and wanting to become drama drama teachers you know I see it, that end in teacher education has been incredibly exciting mm. so there's lots of negatives too but I think that's been the change. In I terms think, of drama curriculum? Yeah, yeah, in my view, yeah. in my view. When I think Can you talk about, about some of those? Yeah, sure. Um, my little, the little group that I was 
we just connected with informally, who are all at the same level as me, Rob Galbraith, who's now not with us. Yeah. Um, He's one of our le legends in absinthe. Oh, sen sencia, sencia. I'm not surprised. He's yeah. extraordinary. He's been posthumously uh, awarded that, that oh, title. Yeah, I support that. <laughs> um, Roma Burgess, who um, with Pam Gordry, who came to me as a student teacher, and Roma was at Donvale High. Um, they were fantastic collaborators and. Um, Marita, Marita Ruder. Um, anyway, that sort of little group. Charles Slookie a bit, I think. Yeah. So the sort of freedom we had to share ideas, to collaborate, to, to adapt the curriculum to our own school context was just... Um, it suited. It, it was. It was a wonderful thing. I'm sure there were plenty of schools where and and teachers where they needed more structure and more framework. But um, I think it worked very well. I'm not saying we should go mm. back to complete freedom and and um, autonomy of each school. But I think what worries me now, and Ellie, you may not agree, is um, the way it's become um, sort of institutionalised and codified to an extent that I think is <clears throat> almost oppressive on for teachers and, and students and the kind of work they have to get through and the boxes they have to tick and the sort of language they have to use, if you like. Um, it's becoming overly prescriptive. I think it is. I think I, you're right. I think it is. I think in Victoria at least we've never gone down the New South Wales track of um, having actually set syllabus, which you know, everyone in whatever, year eight, will all be doing Julius Caesar at this moment. Or in England, that was that's absolutely what they did. And New Zealand or um, New South Wales did that. I think in Victoria, we've always had this notion of curriculum framework within that teachers can adapt. But it, yeah, it worries me a bit. I think we overassess. Um, I think there's overemphasis by the authorities. No, they CAA, but also DE, Department of Education, mm. whatever it is now. I think there's overemphasis on that, and I don't think it means that the work is um, necessarily more rigorous or in the students' best interest. So mm. I can say that I'm old. No, I think that's great that you are, because I think it's really important if we're going to change. Yeah. That we we understand that we have to evaluate it, we have to analyse it and I think yeah. it's important to, you know, not just look at it through rose coloured glasses but to examine it and, yeah. and pick it apart a little bit and dig a little bit. Dig a little bit. I don't, yeah, I think so respecting the, the practice of teachers, mm. um, I think what's, yeah, I think what Australia avoided in the main, but I think Victoria Victoria went down it a bit. Um, that the vicious, vicious sort of split, like happened in England, between you know drama as process and drama as product, or mm. drama as art form versus drama as you know method. Mm -hmm. um, I think we avoided that split, but I think we've still got the legacy in Victoria of having theatre studies separate from drama, which is a, when you think about it, is quite a sort of historical anomaly, I think, compared to other states. Mm. But I think there was a really wonderful capacity of Australian drama educators at all, all working in all <laughs> sorts of levels, primary, secondary, tertiary, whatever, community, to see their practice on a kind of continuum 
that was a, and that you moved along appropriate for the sorts of young people you mm. were working with. So of course you valued. Um, people valued the art form, the, the, the medium you're working with and the capacity for young people to shape and perform their work, their work or someone else's work. But so theatre and the theatre form is of course absolutely our lifeblood but at the same time we could also understand how drama can work um, for uh, to deeply explore you know other cultural states of being other worlds um, to to stay within a process the deep exploration of a, mm. um, an idea or a social issue um, where it's not appropriate to, to to quick, quick, you know, we've got to perform it by the end of the period, sort of thing. So, I think, I think we we've got a very sophisticated kind of practice to now, um, you know, there should be more valuing of sort of the, the the deep and sophisticated practice we've got in Australia that's not quite so codified and and. Um, Prescriptive. Prescriptive, yeah. I reckon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And filled with trip hazards and terminologies. Oh, totally. <laughs> yeah. And a kind yeah. of rhetoric that's yeah. um, in itself, I think, become almost potentially meaningless, you know, really. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think that's very valid. Very valid. Yeah. Um, let's talk about some of the highs and lows now. Oh, of my career? Yeah. Mm. <laughs> well, okay. Um, yeah. Because <laughs> you're now a doctor. I am. Yes. Oh, yes, I've been a doctor for a while. I, I should have said that. Don't. Oh, no, no it's, it's, it's absolutely fine. Yeah, my career went from school, uh, secondary school, um, then once I had started having... Ba it's only till 1979, 1980, actually, teaching full-time in secondary school. Started having babies um, and then got invited um, to do some method work at Melbourne State College, as it was there. So started getting the feel of, sec of teacher training and I loved that, but I also loved teaching full-time in schools. And I had to make... The education department didn't let me... Um, I had to make the decision which way I would go. I had to resign from the education department or go back full-time to school when my maternity leave was over. So I chose to stay in teacher education. Um, but during that time, I... Um, made quite an effort, especially when I was doing method, to still teach in schools um, through the through the grace and favour of my friends in, who were teaching. I had some fantastic experiences in both private and, and state high schools. Um, and then because you had to, I got more and more into primary as well. And I did my master's degree really uh, making myself teach um, and understand the world of you know, grade ones and grade threes and the, the world of a primary generalist, classroom teacher. So I, I worked in that area. <coughs> and then I, I still, my primary love was teenagers, I must admit. <laughs> <laughs> and then really stayed in, in teacher education and then you had to you had to be qualified, you know. It became more and more an imperative to be, um, to have the qualifications. But that... Um, that was really good for me, I reckon, Ellie, because um, I love ideas, I love reading, I love writing, and you're so busy, as you know, when you're teaching all the time, you just don't make time for that kind of deeper work. And doing my PhD, I made incredibly practice-based again and very much 
came out of what I'm going to talk about as my high. Um, the opportunities I had then to work interculturally, you know, to work internationally. Mm. Um, um, so I, I wanted to test out those ideas where the, dra the drama classroom for a group of ordinary teenage kids with very little background in, in uh, drama, um, the way that it operated, if it did, as a chance to really deeply engage with different, very different cultural ideas, culture, um, so that intercultural learning. And um, basically I did, um, you know, the opportunity to be an ethnographer, to actually observe and participate, you know, be a participant observer in the unfolding story of these kids grappling with um, an incredibly difficult and demanding project. All the naughtiness of that and the aberrant behaviour and the insights and the, the joy and as they worked with an African um, performing artist in residence in this school. Um, and that the writing of that, while I was working full time and had little kids and did it over about seven years, I told Meg out there. Um, but it was it was a fantastic chance to really, um, you know, move my thinking and my practice and to get really excited again by by kind of big ideas. Yeah. So the high that was obviously I didn't realise that was a high. Obviously, <laughs> but just um, what was happening to me? Things were things were pretty difficult in teacher education as there were successive amalgamations and um, reductions in staff, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, but for me, I threw my energies into the professional associations. So first into the state association. So it really grew out of the network that I had, the little informal drama teachers network. Mm -hmm. So Intervardi, as it was called then, Drama Victoria, um, and I became president of um, that and had a lovely time, and, but then um, moved into the national body, which was then called Nadi, and almost by accident I became president of that because if it was time, I'll tell you a story. Um, and then, then I was in the right place at the right time to be deeply involved in the development of the international body, IDEA, International Drama, Theatre and Education Association. And that was such um, a life-changing experience, really. Um, and totally gave me opportunities um, for, inter for cultural exchange and dialogue with people working in war zones, with, you know, kids who are, um, you know, impoverished kids, marginalised kids, um, um, child soldiers, um, you know, plus people working in, in schools and mm. all over the world and trying to to understand the difference and engage with that and set up opportunities for my colleagues, for, for my teacher colleagues in Australia to to be able to go and experience and listen and learn and share. And I think Australia Australian drama education was in such a a wonderful position then as a really independent country who'd come of age so 
can I just yes, pull please. Out here? So one. You've actually jumped to my question ten, which was all about the uh, um, involvement in other associations, oh, which sure. is fabulous. Okay, sorry about that. <laughs> no, no, it's talking. great. Um, so, so I did. I do have still my folder from oh, <laughs> very boring wow. from. Um, idea, the first idea 1995. conference, 1995. No, the second one. Second one. Yeah, but oh. we, I'll show you the, the covers the best. So, what thing. was the first one? Was um, that was in Oporto in 1992. This must have, I was the Congress director of the Idea 95 um, Congress <laughs> um, because I was, again, in the right place in the right time. And I, I'd been in Oporto, I was on the executive of I, representing. Australia, I suppose, and just the the we were in a space where Australia could offer to host, <coughs> and it was it was um, extraordinary project. Um, some years in the making. That's our that's our program, which I just pulled out. It's um, such a great design, isn't, isn't it? Isn't it stunning? Yeah. yeah. And that was who is the, that marvellous Robin. Pasc not, not uh, the indigenous um, artist who did this design, a Queensland Murray woman. <coughs> um, I, I've just forgotten for a moment, but it'll, she, it'll be in the. Um, it, it will. It will. I'll, I'll have a quick yeah. look. But the thing about this congress, it was certainly the largest, um, and it's the book that came out of it that John O'Toole and I. Uh, edited. Wow. It was the largest gathering of drama theatre educators um, in all their different um, uh, understandings of that um, ever. And we, we put an enormous effort into what was called the Solidarity Fund um, to so that 10% of everybody's registration went into this fund, you know, all the developed world's registration. People were, they really wanted to come because it was Brisbane and I thought Australia sounded really exciting. <laughs> Do I have to stop? No, yeah. no. We right? are, we're we're going to go a little bit over. A little bit over, one. okay. Um, <laughs> and... We got. Uh, we worked incredibly hard to to you know find philanthropic funding basically, so that we had representation from. Oh, I think it's every certainly every culture, every um, continent. I think it was fifty seven countries or, yeah, fifty seven countries, 2,000 young performers, because we really wanted to have young ideas as well. Um, and the keynote program, I was just blown away being reminded when I opened this this morning. Um, what we did, we deliberately matched um, uh, an absolute legend of the theatre world with um, a pioneering, um, significant leader of the drama education world. So every keynote were these two, these two voices. So, you know, you ha that's it, it's just extraordinary. I mean, we just because we could, we were sort of naive and open to anything. And um, the English, who were so sort of set in their ways and uh, <laughs> so kind of internecine battles going on there, they couldn't believe what we could sort of do. We put a great emphasis on Asia. Southeast Asia, um, but 
for me, oh, you know, August, Augusto Boal, I think, was on with Gavin Bolton. Um, <laughs> Rustom Barucha was on with um, uh, probably Peter Abs or someone like that. Pao Kun, who is, again, not with us anymore, that I don't think, that extraordinary um, theatre um, pioneer from Singapore, etc., etc. Cecily O'Neill, um, we had... Um, the French world, the Francophone world, we had the Hispanic world, all represented, and we had the resources somehow, it was in QPAC, somehow, you know, all the wrangling, we had fantastic simultaneous translation facilities. And it was just, it's just extraordinary. We did it really on the just goodwill and energy and a vision. And I just... Um, oh, and an I, incredible team. Incredible team, absolutely. I, I was talking to one of the uh, members of the current Drama Australia um, committee yeah. who were talking about their role as just the person who liaised with picking people up from the airport. Yeah. Yeah. And there was a whole team that she was in charge of. Oh, yes. Yeah. Because how many people, international visitors? Um, International, well, we had 13 or 1,500 drama and theatre workers from 57 countries. So, there you go. Yeah, I mean, there are lots of Australians, obviously. Yeah. Some hundreds of Australians, but so many internationals. And they're now talking um, about potentially 2025. Yeah. Melbourne hosting the next IDEA conference. You are joking. No, no. Drama Victoria had been approached. Oh, and my goodness, man. Yeah, so it, it could all happen again. Whoa. And you may... 19, would be 20 years. Is that right? Oh my goodness, isn't it 20 years now? 20, 30 years, sorry, 30 since the years. Brisbane conference. That's right. For it to come full cycle. I can't believe that. That's. Wouldn't that be wonderful? It would be, absolutely. I didn't know that. Yes. It would be well, wonderful. We need and to be talking about this because we yeah. hope to uh, you know, invest in some, some of the ideas that, that were yeah. the making of this yeah. and the success of this because yeah. still 30 years on, I mean yes. 25 years on, yeah. people are still referring to this as the best idea conference yeah. in the history of idea conferences. Well, it certainly was pretty significant. And for me, I mean, what? how lucky was I to mm -hmm. be at the heart of that? And, um, you know, I, I know I have in my archives some stunning photos where, you know... But the, the other thing, I think, for me, Ellie, was the chance before it and after it to then go to do so much um, uh, travel to, to places to, to share ideas and, and to talk and to take young people, all that sort of stuff. And it wasn't just me. Um, there were so many uh, cultural exchange visits that were then sort of flowed out of that. And I think Australia, it was also a time of great, you know, there was leadership in terms of multiculturalism. You know, I think I see that as a huge slip back, backwards and the sort of xenophobia and, you know, the closed-mindedness, perhaps of Sid Howard, probably, quite honestly. But this was a time where people were blown away by a model of multiculturalism um, that worked. Mm -hmm. And... Yeah, and we then mentored the next, the Kenyan group who, were, who then did the next Congress. It was just a generous, generosity of spirit, but we all learnt and grew and were, you know, creatively inspired and by the work we saw. I, I mean, I wasn't there, but I, yeah. I do know from many people who have talked to me about their yeah. experience of it, that this was, this was the event that put drama education on the map in um, Australia. <clears throat> probably, probably. Um, 
I think what it did though, no, I think it opened up, I think it shattered those that were still closed about drama in education, doesn't have anything to do with theatre. There yeah. weren't many of them, yeah. but I think it shattered that. It opened it up to what I was talking about, that broad um, open model mm. of practice for young people yeah. so that you had the the most stunning theatre, the most stunning exchange of ideas about how drama empowers and, you know, um, uh, leads to cultural literacy, emotional literacy, social literacy. Neuroscience wasn't represented, but I tell you what, a lot of the ideas that are coming out of that are here, yeah. And maybe will be in our 2025 yeah, indeed, indeed, <laughs> incarnation. Indeed. It's just an affirmation, isn't now, it? We didn't get to talk about Lowe's. But oh, Lowe's. Yeah. Oh, gosh, we run out of time. No, no, we yeah. haven't. We're, okay. going to, we're going to extend. Are we? I think. <laughs> okay. The Lowe's, um, I've got two of them, and I think they were actually both... Um, I, I should be really honest and say first that my first year out was really tough for me, and I don't think I coped very well, but it was... Um, it was um, it also had incredible learning. And the second one I wanted to talk about, which was the famous, the first um, bicultural con conference with um, Australia and New Zealand was also incredibly difficult and painful, but such learning out of that. So first year out, um, as I said, I, you know, we were free spirits, teaching as a subversive activity, Cat Stevens, you know, it's... That's what we. That's all we had, and the school was hostile. They were really hostile towards first year out teachers who'd come from Melbourne, you know, and it was um, it was tough. But I was. It was all streamed, and I was given the bottom bottom stream kids. They they said, I don't care what you do, just just don't let them get into trouble and keep them quiet. <laughs> so they were. Um, a lot of them were Indigenous kids, and. I, that was the start for me of a kind of lifelong theme throughout my career of um, wanting to sensitively engage with Indigenous um, peoples and cultures and understand um, you know, our history more and to then um, open up lots of opportunities for the young people at any level to work with Indigenous um, content and texts and ideas and culture as appropriate. And that, and it was, you know, the, one of the elders in Bensdale who I got to know through a very troubled granddaughter, um, and the, we worked together. And so that was incredibly hard and I probably made every mistake in the book, but that was the start and I wasn't ever going to give that up. And that is... You know, I'm still pretty evangelical about that. Um, the second one, the, the New Zealand Drummer one. Australia hadn't invented the guidelines no, yet. No, 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 they hadn't, but it was coming. You know, we just weren't, we just didn't know, yeah, I suppose, our history and, yeah, what was, yeah. Anyway, it's still a difficult area, but I think it's getting better. Um, the second one was New Zealand, where... Again, it was a naivety, a feeling, oh, yeah, this will be great. Well, you know, New Zealand were, at that stage, had were fiercely proud of their, you know, the fact they had a treaty with their Indigenous people. Um, we walked into a trap, I suppose. Um, we were very strong. This was in the late 80s. Um, we were a very, very strong national body. Um, and we... we went over there and we were immediately confronted with this, why have you only got one um, Aboriginal person with your, in your group of all your participants, which was Richard Wally, a playwright, a friend, and um, we, were, we were very confronted. We then 
sort of taken through this ritual. Um, I was the president, and John Carroll, who was who's a major sort of mentor and friend to me, he's also not with us anymore. Mm. Um, a brilliant, brilliant man. He. He was there, thank God, and we started walking towards what we thought was the Congress venue and they blocked our way and said, you women will not lead. Um, uh, no, women, women will have to go to the back. You know, men must lead. <laughs> what? What? So John, John graciously sort of stepped in front of me and said, Kate, keep walking, it's fine. Um, but he led in. We were taken into this marae, um, which is a pretty amazing mm. experience. But then for the next two days, we were, um, I guess, given the experience of being completely uh, alienated and outside a culture, sort of humiliated, really, and us, you know, uppity Australians, you know, how dare they? We, we're so good at drama and drama education. Why don't they let us do our workshops that we've come to do and do our theatre? They wouldn't but, let you do no, them? No, they lectured at us, mostly in, in, in Māori language. Wow. You know? um, and Richard Wally sort of tried to negotiate with them. They treated him in a special way, but he, he had such a lovely sense of humour, lovely way. Um, eventually, on about the third day, we were allowed to do a bit of our workshop stuff and a bit of it broke down. It was pretty horrendous. Um, and some people got very distressed and I sort of felt responsible for everyone. But it, again, it was a, a wake-up call to Australia to think beyond, you know, not be complacent and not feel, you know, we're smug or whatever. And again, to rethink how can we engage with Indigenous Australians mm. in this work, in, in what we're doing. And how, what could we offer to young people who happen to have, you know, be Indigenous in our classes? Were you at the Drama Australia conference this year in Sydney? No. With, which was a combined drama New Zealand. Yes, it's the second yes. one, isn't it? Yeah, it's Richard the only Tommy. second one. Yeah. Yes. Did it go well? I, it went famously. Yeah, I was uh, so and pleased. how wonderful is it that, you know, that, that relationship has, has grown yes, yes. And, and developed since yeah. those early days. Was Peter O'Connor there? Uh, was he? Because... He, Not he was, that I was aware of. He was of. a very important figure in... in he then brought uh, myself and Heather Smeagol, who was the vice president, back to New Zealand for a sort of a tour around of, uh, you know, doing our practice and sharing our practice together. Um, and he was... He said he was deeply ashamed and embarrassed by what had happened. But anyway, it was painful. But you learn, don't you? Absolutely. Yeah. And yeah. I think that's the wonderful thing about drama education yeah. is that you learn that, you know, the greatest triumphs come out of our greatest oh. adversities. And exactly. Yes. I won't go into all my lessons that failed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Awesome. Yeah. Um, so you've touched on some of them already, but the, the great collaborators and mentors, yeah. Yeah. Um, obviously some you've already mentioned, but but maybe some that we haven't heard about yeah. yet. Um, oh, gosh. Australian or international? Yeah. In any way, shape or form. Yeah. The, the oh. people that have influenced you and... Yeah. I know it's a big, bigger than yeah, Ben Hur yeah, question because you've you've probably been involved with so many people. Yeah. Um, oh, in in a well, yeah. Not not counting the ones we've already well, like Rob Galbraith and uh, John Carroll. Um, um, certainly in Australia, um, people like Jenny Simons, who's now retired, who is, is very a very important mentor. Um, 
my colleague Angela O'Brien because <laughs> um, we yeah we did it pretty tough at Melbourne just keeping things going trying to you know keep going what had been so wonderful at Melbourne in the 70s and you know it was crushed down and the devaluing of of us I suppose as drama educators and as women um, but for positive stuff in Australia there's been just so many my my um, colleagues um, and friends um, internationally I've been fortunate to work closely through idea with remarkable people again some of them are not with us it's I don't know what it is about this work or maybe just age um, but um, Stig Eriksson in Norway, uh, I'll just try and go around, uh, Ben Kabanyan in um, the Philippines who was head of PETA, who... Yes, yeah, yes. Yeah, I and I... came to a Drama Victoria conference. Oh, did she? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, that's right. Augusto Boal, who I did, um, I worked with quite closely um, at one stage. Um, oh, it's, look, it's really not worth showing you. But um, the Asia-Pacific conference on theatre and cultural work in building civil society. Bing was the one who decided that once she got to know Australia and Drama Australia, why weren't we part of the Asia-Pacific work that was happening, that uh, PETA were championing and had source access to some money for. So she got me and Drama Australia sort of part of that group. Extraordinary um, opportunity then to learn from um, some giants of Southeast Asia Pacific. I um, look, I just didn't have the photos, so I can't, I can't talk about actual pe people now. But um, the kind of practice that was happening in in Korea, in Japan, in um, and it was very much drama as a form of cultural action then, you know, and and drama's role in civil society. So that kind of work that was amazing. Mm. Um, oh, I've probably forgotten. I've probably no, that's okay. And, <laughs> Look, do you know what? Go back to someone really unpopular. Peter Slade, who I did that year with and people thought was so uncool compared to Dorothy. I mean, Dorothy Heskett, obviously, but I never actually studied with her or I know her, I knew her, but not very well. Oh, Cecily O'Neill, I, I admire enormously. I do know and she was a mentor. Um, she was wonderful and still is. Um, no, but Peter Slade, and I don't even know if he's still alive, but he, what he did was... He instilled in me the importance of observing real children in real urban settings, because his whole work was based on the street play of, of young children during the Depression. And that's started my whole passion for um, ethnography, you know, for, for understanding what's happening for young people, not jumping in and running everything and intervening, but actually observing and valuing dramatic play, um, um, the playfulness of and the, the, the innate capacity we all have to imagine and to play with ideas and possibilities mm. and muck around in, uh, to become heroes or villains or exaggerate our reality through through drama. through drama and closer to home my other one my other 
absolute joy of, of working with um, in in the last few years with um, Jane Bird, Chris Sinclair, and Prue Wales, and making theatre together, doing an ethnographic piece and performing it, and working together and laughing and crying and all the creative buzz you get of doing mm. doing work together. They're just a few. Oh, so many. <laughs> oh, Robin Pascoe. Yeah. Um, just well, he probably yeah he he came sort of a little bit after, but he's yeah wonderful, wonderful people. Mm. Yeah. I better get back to the yeah, question. Sorry. I talk about villains. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, we'll, we'll save that for the episode two. He's right. Um, Favourite professional learning experiences? Oh, always, always um, <laughs> collaborating with with other uh, collaborating with others in um, in creative work in in deep you know critical. Uh, looking at some practice, pulling it apart, doing it ourselves. Actual workshops that that being in a workshop with others either leading it or being part of it always my best professional experience learning experiences plus the international work the opportunities I've had to see um, drama in so many different contexts and um, yeah as I said is cultural exchange understanding deeply um, different worlds through how and the possibilities of drama um, for young people in so many different situations but you know the aesthetic the social the emotional the cognitive the um, kinesthetic all coming to the embodied all coming together and in making art together I mean that's always and I love I love actually being part of a group you know just always collaborating planning planning lessons or units of work together yeah that's, it's always the, the biggest buzz. The Not joy working. of working, collaborating yes. with other people. Yeah. It's quite creative, yeah. Yeah, always creative, actually. Um, what do you think are some of the secrets to your longevity in, in <gasps> the drama teaching? Yeah, um, oh, I think, I think, I think I haven't lost my basic passion and interest in that's it, clear yeah in young people and in it and in what in you do yeah, yeah. No, I haven't lost that um, I've still got it I'm still really um, very very excited by by work and by theatre I still enjoy our art form um, but I think I think also being I've been very very lucky incredibly lucky and being open to new opportunities of applying our work so as I mm. became you know, an academic, I suppose, being able to do deep research with kids at risk, with Angela, you know, do a very big research project or the, the theatre space project that we've done recently, looking at young people's response to, to theatre. Um, just being open to opportunities and all the idea stuff, um, that's why, because it's really fun, it's really interesting, very challenging. I was, you've kind of answered it, but yeah. the, the, my next question was about what advice you would pass on to the newbie teacher. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I guess you've you've yeah. kind of explored that yeah. in, in your yeah. response. Net, network, yeah. network, yeah. Um, collaborate, work to collaborate, always <laughs> have fun. Don't take yourself too seriously if you can help it. Collaborate with the kids too. Enjoy the work. Um, be silly sometimes and playful. You know, don't be oppressed by the 
administration the, no. and the red tape. Yes. <laughs> a tape, do that as quickly as you can. Do the important things. It's easy to say, I know. Yeah. But also, I think, actual you know, advocacy. Just hang in there. Just keep explaining why the work you do is valuable to everyone and try and get the language appropriate for whoever you're talking to. And find ways of documenting. Uh, documenting. Yeah. Documenting, absolutely. Um, incredibly important. And just... Whatever that means to you, if it's taking photos or uh, sketching or, or, you know, writing and keeping. Or mama interviews. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and keep, for me also, keep reading and excited by ideas and, you know, like you said, you the Patrice Baldwin stuff, the, yeah. the neuroscience stuff. Um, yeah, just, just, and keep your, your own, nurture your own, Creativity, I think, whatever mm -hmm. that means. That sounds a bit wanky, <laughs> but you know, try and try and keep that spark going too. I mean, I think I teaching teaching a drama a, a group over time is incredibly creative. The thing I, you know, I like that much better than doing one-offs. I really do. Mm. Um, I hate that idea of being a master teacher and showing your wares. I hate that. Really, <laughs> it's it's the deep relationships. The deep relationships. That's what you value, and that's what's kept me going. I've just remembered. Yeah. Yeah. And the way people come up to you later and say out of the blue, "Hey, you know, you you talk when you when we <laughs> did that cool thing." In, year eight when I was a rat bag yeah and the fact that they remember that way beyond the Pythagoras I theorems and I know yeah. I know it's amazing it's pretty special Noel Jordan <laughs> Noel Jordan oh good are you interviewing him he is actually he's overseas at the moment yeah. I've been in email contact good. with him I think I might have and suggested yeah I think him. you were yeah, his uh, referee on that one yeah and I was yes yeah. he's a he's yeah. doing remarkable things over there he so is. we we're waiting we're hoping that we're going to be able to tee up a time with him when he gets back to Melbourne yeah look just really quickly with Noel the reason I suggested him I taught him in high school mm -hmm. um taught him drama um, which was fabulous and he but then he came to Melbourne I taught him at Melbourne as a, a teacher educator then he did a masters with with me um, but his work it was always extraordinarily artistically rich and challenging for me and incredibly stimulating and we we went and taught at Fintoner and did some work sort of together there mm. and we've developed you know I, I just admire his work so much his work at the Woolly Jumpers and his theatre practice with young people and his vision for, for young people's theatre is I think he's extraordinary. Yeah I saw his production of uh, The Shape of a Girl yeah, I don't know if yeah, you saw that yeah, one. I did. Jodie Le Levisconde. Yeah, I did. Extraordinary I did. work. Yeah. yeah. And he yeah. was also, um, he had Susie's job while she was on maternity yes. leave. Yes, he did. Uh, yeah, so we had a great working relationship there. So. Yeah, yeah, of course, of course. I just, um, anyway, he's special to me. Yeah. But there's so many that are. <laughs> <laughs> well, he'll be, he'll be coming Good. up in a future Good. one. Yeah. Um, so we, we now get to the, the, the fun part where we get you to imagine packing a, a a, a, a suitcase for your journey up, up and away, a yeah. retrospective journey, and what what would go inside that suitcase? Oh, and if you brought any artefacts along yeah. with you today that you might like to share with us? Um, Beyond I've, the ones that we, we've, we, yes. we've only had a chance no, to... I have to talk metaphorically cool. then because all my stuff's in storage. Yeah, my um, photos of, of ex-students um, and ex-students work right through from 
you still have them? I do. East Doncaster High. Have I of Bansdale? Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah, could have. Yeah. I think, yes, I have. I have. Because we did a, even though it was such a hostile environment, <laughs> year sevens, we went in the local drama competition and we devised this thing and it won. And I've got a photo, a, you know, newspaper thing about. Okay. Mm, very <laughs> unusual piece of work. Won, <laughs> won the... Uh, Gippsland Drama Festival in 1970. Do you remember what the work was? Um, yeah, yeah, I do. I can't remember the name of it, but it was devised by me the and the students, kids. Yeah. yeah, it was really cool. And what was it dealing yeah, with, the subject? It was, <laughs> yeah, it was had a bit of magical realism in it. Oh, it was about a, 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 an evil wizard who could just stop the world and um, stop this town, a little town, a little yeah, town community and all different characters and this wizard could stop them. So I was using my freeze techniques yeah. back then and the kids really liked it. Um, and they had to you know, work out a way to outwit him. That was really <laughs> pretty good. <laughs> but that was a long time ago. Um, so photos, yeah, of, of past work and of um, places that I've, I've been with extraordinary drama um, and community um, artists and, and educators all over the place. Uh, what else? Yeah, Jane reminded me of this. I would bring my piece of coloured cloth. I've got a special piece of coloured cloth, which the rest of the drama department have appropriated it and <laughs> locked in a cupboard. It's the cloth that I always use for this particular one of my favourite workshops that they now do, <laughs> which is a, a rainbow, a, a rainbow version of the rainbow servant, but quite a serpent, but quite sort of politically edgy piece and I love this piece of cloth so much I think I was given it by um, in Africa um, yeah I was certainly given it by someone through idea and I really love that what else um, well because we've got so many photos yes. and the piece of material yes, I, would, I think yes. we only have room for three books so what three oh, books gosh. are you putting into that suitcase mm. oh heavens otherwise we'll need a bigger suitcase oh, uh, <laughs> I should have thought of that um, oh, hmm. the three top books you, oh, you can only take three I can't answer that I just can't. Too hard. I love my book so much yeah um, <laughs> Oh, too hard. All right, what about three of the ten that you would take? Ah, oh, right, okay. One would definitely be um, the book out of the Congress. Um, oh, and the video that went with it was also extraordinary. Reflections in the River, it was called, the video. Awesome. Find it. Drama, culture and empowerment. I must say, you know, as I said before, John O'Toole and I did co-edit it, um, but it's, it, I think it's a really significant book. Um... What else? <laughs> oh. <sighs> we can come back to that oh, one. Oh, look, there's so <laughs> many flashing through my head. I just, I feel so bad. No, no. Choosing one. No. Um, certainly not. I'll tell you what not. Um, none of the books that have become too technical about role and uh, role playing and de-rolling and I don't like those sort of books. I like books that um, are oh, a oh, I know, I know, I know. I have to include the empty space. I'm sorry, Peter I Brooke. have to. I absolutely have to. Yeah. Awesome. Or the one about the Brooks uh, Journey to Africa. Ah. That one, one or the other. Yeah, I have to. Well, both of them. Both. You, you've got room for three, so. Okay. Yeah, but that seems silly. There should be one by. Anyway. Yeah, Peter Slade? I don't... 
Probably not. Okay. But certainly, um, uh, I'd be more. <laughs> no, not not Peter Slade. I don't think. Okay. I talked about him before. Oh, I might. Yeah. No. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Thank you so much. It's a pleasure. I'm sorry. I, I uh, no, no, no. We had to go over time with this one. Thank you so much oh, Ellie, for. Uh, sorry to use up. No, no. <laughs> it's absolutely a joy. Please don't. Uh, don't uh, drink. Yeah, we'll, we'll just toast. Right. And thank you very much, Kate, for coming in. Thanks for doing such a lovely interview, Ellie. I really Absolutely enjoyed it. Absolutely joyous. Thank you so much. <laughs> thank you. Thank you very much. Well, that's all from us at The Aside. There are 49 other Mama interviews you might like to listen to, so please do feel free to go and find those and have a listen. Thank you to all the people involved in conducting the Mama interviews. The list is extensive. Happy 50th birthday to Drama Victoria, and thank you to the 50 legends for giving us their time. If you would like to ask the aside a question or you have a suggestion for a future episode, please do not hesitate to contact us at asidepodcast at outlook.com. Thank you to Eltham College for letting us record here. Thank you to Drama Victoria for their ongoing support. And of course, thank you for listening.